now that I'm finished throwing my tantrum about episodes 25 and 26, I'm back uh, to talk about End of Evangelion. Like I said before, I didn't hate those last episodes. It was, That was just more of, like, me reacting to people who were like, this is the one true ending. The other ending is stupid and for children. Where you're supposed to take both of them and kind of combine them, which is what the End of Evangelion is. It's the combination of the ending of the plot and the ending of the story. This was planned, they just didn't have any money. And also, I didn't really talk about what those conversations meant and all those dissections of those characters because I was going to do it again for End of Evangelion, so it was like, what's the goddamn point? <laughs> I just wanted to talk about what, how those two episodes made me feel instead of breaking them down. So now we're going to break down End of Evangelion, I guess. As soon as the anime starts, I'm like, goddamn, this is beautiful. I would say animation, but that's incorrect. The art style of this movie is fucking fantastic i love the way this movie looks it's crisp and it's clean you could tell that there's a lot of money behind it and evangelion itself totally hadn't achieved that crisp and clean look if you watch the netflix dub that's like a nice hd remix it's fucking pretty hd evocation of the series on netflix is very pretty the american dub of evangelion is but it is cheeks and I know that it's Cheeks, and that the only people doing a good job are the main cast that reprise their roles. Everybody else, they don't sound like they know what the fuck they're doing. The guy doing uh, Gohan's voice there, I'm not an actor at all. I do funny voices sometimes, that's it. And I could have knocked that fucking role out of the park. It's like, yo, next time you go to redub this shit for the fifth time, and you're gonna redo, and you're gonna get somebody to do Gohan's voice in End of Evangelion, fuck it, I'll do it. It wouldn't be much of a departure from what you got, I just probably have more feeling and emotions to what the fuck I'm saying. Things are happening around that dude and he's just like that shit's happening well and it's like yo everybody's dying people are getting shot researchers random scientists are getting shot in the head execution styles by soldiers that's all the emotion you have about it dude the bridge crew sounds like ass i hate it the soldiers don't sound that much better but they're better than the fucking bridge crew who were stuck with the whole goddamn movie <laughs> short hair woman um i can't remember her name i don't know i don't know the names of anybody on the bridge crew the short-haired lady she's fantastic the guy that looks like matthew mercer is not bad he's not good but he's not bad the only objectively bad voice actor on this cast is the guy doing Sonic Gohan's voice. Also, his voice doesn't fit this dude at all. It sounds like you just got Hannibal Burris. Again, my, my bias towards dub is that although I read things very quickly, I comprehend things slowly. I'm really big into symbolism and I'm studying really hard to be a decent writer, although I'm bad at writing. I'm trying to write comic books for a living, so I kind of am studying writing and trying to understand scene composition without actually like becoming a film student. So I'm trying my best to learn this stuff. So like watching, you know, stuff like Evangelion, I pick up on things the first scene is asuka in the hospital she wasn't in a coma if i remember right before she was just kind of staring at the ceiling but i don't know maybe she was um and then remember she was in a fucking stagnant pool of water completely naked she probably got some kind of infections she's probably just not feeling good uh but here she's in a coma and her skin is like purple shinji goes in her room and is like harassing her to like help him like he's panicking he's like please i need something i need somebody to like help me through this he just killed one of his friends by his, his own hands with toji he almost killed him and he had a breakdown he actually killed someone so he is going through it not to mention this is somebody who told him he loved him and that Shinji was really like attached to because oh my god yeah he said nice things to me and that he said nice things to me thing you'll see what that kind of does to somebody in this movie you start off you start out with Shinji when you're a teenager and you're watching the show as man Shinji's a fucking baby man up Shinji depending on when you're watching it right and sometimes you relate to Shinji like I said before man all of this like he's bummed out and going through puberty at the same time man that that must be a bummer I've went through that I get it but then you start to look at his actions in this movie and you're like oh Shinji's just going off the deep end he's going off the relatable deep end into the fucking this is what happens when those emotions go too far and go unchecked and you 
continue to isolate yourself and you only surround yourself with your own thoughts. Like Shinji is the worst case scenario for somebody in that situation. You know, you got to reach out and get help. And in this movie, he claims that that's what he's doing, but that's not what he's doing. He's trying to, I guess, uh, help himself in a way that he thinks he will get help, not in the way that he needs help. Kind of like, you know, some people will self-medicate with alcohol. Shinji is that way, but with love and sexuality, the thing is, like, would anybody help him? He's a robot pilot, and it doesn't seem like they give a shit about helping you, except for physically, so you get your punk ass back in that robot. His dad would not give a fuck. Dad, I feel like shit. Uh, emotionally, I messed up and I need some kind of psychiatric help. I'm sure Masato would have helped him because look what they do for Asuka. And again, Asuka probably has some gnarly infection, but they do eventually go, we can't tell Asuka certain things for her own safety. So it's like, a, it's a double-edged sword. So if Shinji would have asked, you know, actual help, would he have gotten it? I don't know, but he's going about it the wrong way now. And he goes off the deep end. Man, I relate to Shinji. Oh wait, do I? This is one of those scenes where people are like, this is Ano's revenge. I'm talking about the hospital scene, of course, Um, where thinking, hey, I'm like Shinji. He's going, you are like Shinji. Look how pathetic and disgusting he is it's supposed to be like a commentary on the otaku lifestyle this is how you self-medicate with fucking waifus and, and body pillows and shit like that and you disgust me of course he has post clarity the term post clarity exists for the exact same feelings that shinji is feeling here in this moment i get why it's here but i don't think it should be like i think i got the message from the shit that shinji does in his dream with asuka a lot better than i got it from this scene but you just want to yell at people weird flex but okay i think i need to get like a novel written by hideki ano himself talking about the process of this if that book exists i would love to read it and i would know it's an, i would love to know it exists so uh let me know if there's a such a book that exists that tells you about hideki ano's inner feelings and why he did what he did and filmmaking and stuff like that you get the gist of what's going on finally they kind of wrap everything up in a nice little bow and explain to you what the fuck's happening in the nicest of ways the only thing they don't tell you is the story about the far and these aliens that kind of put adam and Lilith on different planets that information only exists in supplementary materials i hate supplementary materials this is something i think i mentioned about star wars like how are you gonna have an entire fucking thing be explained in the books and not the movies what the fuck? I should just get that from the movie. Knowing about the far explains more of the show, but I don't think you necessarily need it. In Star Wars, for instance, the First Order has control. And you're like, why? And then somebody's like, read the fucking book, you noob. And you're like, I just wanted to watch a movie. Evangelion, I read the supplementary materials because I was curious after the show ended, before I watched End of Evangelion. I kind of searched for the answers myself. The supplementary materials thing, in this case though, doesn't really matter that much because knowing about the far really doesn't change anything. It gives you more context, but it doesn't make you go, I've unlocked the secrets of this show and my third eye is open. I think they explain it better in the rebuilds, if I'm remembering correctly, because you see the far. But um, the far are some aliens that were just like, it's ancient aliens. That's all Evangelion is, it's ancient aliens. What if we were put here by aliens? They're actually the gods we worshiped, right? So the far puts two eggs on, on planets, the white egg, the white egg and the black egg. We only really find out about the black egg, I think, in this movie. But um, they like they put the white egg and the black egg on different planets and if you put the two eggs on the same planet you run the risk of the people on that planet becoming too powerful they'll become god and we don't want that they'll become us essentially is what the far was afraid of and it was we don't want rivals to our power you kidding me so we put fail safes in so in case two two uh eggs land on the same planet they'll cancel each other out sele and gendo 
figured out how to do that, how to become God, or at least Gandalf figured, thought he did. Sele was like, we want to go back to being soup. Well, why do you want to go back to being soup? So that we can shed our fear, so we can stop, the, so we can like rid ourselves of the hedgehog's dilemma once and for all, because we'll all be one. And Gendo, for a while, you think wants that because he wants to be one with Yui, who is also soup right now. Then it became, I want to be a god so that I can get Yui back, so I can reunite myself with Yui. But Yui doesn't want that, and he doesn't know what Yui wants because Yui never talked to him about it. Uh, Yui talked to Futsuki about it, but she never talked to Gendo about what she was really after and what her plans really were. Become soup and become one with the Ava, you know, her soul, is because she wanted to shepherd everybody's LCL, <laughs> you know, into space as an arc. It more or less is less of an arc and more of a time capsule. Like, humans existed. This is a testament to our existence, is what she wanted. Gendo, trying to get her back, is actually adverse to her plans completely. That's not what Yui wants, that at all. Also, she kind of hates that you treat her son like shit. She doesn't like that because she hedged her entire future on Shinji. And Gendo treated him like shit because, fuck, Gendo was probably jealous about how she felt about Shinji. But Gendo just said, you know, he says at the end that he just didn't feel like he was worth loving because he was a shithead. And it's like, well, if that's the case, why do you, why are you punishing Yui by making her come back to you in a world where you don't deserve it? And he's then he, he kind of realized that I'm fucked up. And then, uh, Yuna one eats him as a punishment. But we're getting way too ahead of ourselves. Um, but I think fight knowing about how human instrumentality works is important for the plot. Uh, I, I think you can't just end this. You can't just have episodes 25 to 26 and then have that be the only thing. Like I said, no, there's only a few people probably that think that way, but I don't, I do not understand that thought process. So anyway, the movie starts out with Sele going, Hey, Gendo is right cracked and he is going against our wishes. He wants to do a human instrumentality his way. And we don't want that. We want human instrumentality our way. Fucking stop him. They're like, we're going to get human instrumentality i'm sorry masato also explains second impact to shinji like masato finds out about second impact by taking the taking the information that kaji gave her and hacking into some computers and reading it and figuring out what the fuck's actually going on in second impact the scene of uh masato putting on her fucking game face is like one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie i love the way it's animated it feels like uh in the opening of xena it shows her like putting on her armor and getting ready it hypes you up you're like fuck yeah zina's getting ready shit's gonna to go down she's gonna she see that she put on her armor she adjusted her breastplate she's gonna get raw and so when you see masato walk down that hallway like taking out her uh scrunchie and, and walking with determination you're like fuck yeah not only is it animated really well i love that shot just because it was animated so nice but because it shows like game face on and you know when masato puts her game face on that there's almost nothing on this earth that can stop her with when she has her mind when she puts her mind to something and it's fucking dope we find out where ritzko is ritzko is in a cell in like solitary confinement at nerve headquarters so that's probably why there's a backdrop of nerve and that's why people can just go and talk to her they just they just put their logo in a bright hologram in her cell at all hours <laughs> and they go and get her and go hey we need you to fix the fucking magi please thanks her being needed as a tool is like Ritzko's entire like character arc. So much so that those are the last words that Gendo mouths to her. Um, we only know that because you have to read Gendo's lips in Japanese. And also Ritzko's ghost, as it were, types on uh, the short haired woman's, uh, you know, we'll call her Karen just because she has a, a similar haircut to a Karen, I'm assuming. She ty uh, Ritzko's ghost types on Karen's computer. I needed you. Then, like, you know, Karen's like, is that it? Is that the answer? 
she kind of comes to terms with her mom she loved her mom but she was also like at odds with her because they were both the whole like i have to, i'm kind of forced to replace my mom situation which she put herself in that situation she's like i, I you know i don't know if she figured she'd be better than her mom probably not because she defers to the magi a lot and she's like the magi didn't say this could happen or the magi says this masada was like fuck the magi this is about us right now fuck computers R- ritzko kind of got upset about this so she respects her mother 100 percent, but she was a rival with her own mom it's crazy but we get a lot of people kind of coming to terms with their mothers in this movie. We don't hear anything about Masato's mom, which is weird. She hates her dad. Nothing about her mom. Ritsuko's mom, whose soul, so to speak, is inside the Magi. She's like, yo, help me destroy this dude. This scene with Ritsuko and her mom, the Magi, and her asking the Magi to self-destruct, and the core that represents her mother as a woman stops her. And she's like, oh, you bitch. You you're, you as a woman stop me because you probably still have feelings for fucking Gendo. Jesus Christ. She, this scene parallels Asuka's scene where you had a mother who loved her daughter in life and stops her daughter from doing something that she wants to do at the end. Asuka's mother, who seemingly hated her in life, she loved Asuka and she's going to protect her inside the Ava. It's a juxtaposition, those two relationships with their moms are a nice foil for each other. Nerve doesn't self-destruct. Gendo puts a bullet in her and is like, the same way I do believe that he put a bullet in her mother after she killed Ray. I, I keep hearing people say like, oh, she committed suicide in that moment after she realized what she did. It, it just looked like a murder to me. It would bookend with this scene rather nicely if that was the case. That's that's what I think happened in that scene anyway, because I just think that, you know, uh, it rhymes. 666 firewalls like okay all right i also noticed i was looking at my i had a wallpaper that was evangelion the other day on my on my computer i noticed that their little their little cat ears i always thought they were cat ears that they were wearing to kind of connect their nervous systems to the ava they're not cat ears they're little horns because they're little devils also we see shinji when he's depressed sitting in the parking lot he's sitting in space 666 it's like yeah i get it all right cool misato sits down and gets to work the first orders of business protect the kids she loves those kids she wants them safe and she knows what will happen when they get them. They'll be killed. And she's like, I'm not going to have my kids be killed. Tell Shinji to get in the robot. Tell Asuka to get in the robot. Tell Rei, get in the goddamn robot. And they're like, okay, great. That's a good plan. I understand why you want to put them in the robot. Here's the problem. We don't know where Shinji is. We don't know where Rei is. And Asuka is in a coma. Go out, just bang some pots. Wake her ass up, throw her in the Ava for her, for her protection, and then put the Ava in the lake. I mean, it's not that great of protection, but it's better than just having her be where they obviously know where she is. Shinji is sitting on the ground. Misato has to scream at him about getting his shit together. And he just has, he's just laying there, just refusing to get his shit together. And uh, she's like, do you understand what will happen? Like, we will literally all fucking die. Shinji, I feel like, always gets false choice. I, I hear from other people that he does, he gets the choice to do what he wants. No, he doesn't. It's always... Hey, Shinji, you have free will. You can do what you want. But please, for the love of God, get in the robot. You can do what you want. However, it is very important that you get in this robot. He has the choice to say no and everybody dies, but then everybody dies. So they practically beg him. When the memes about Shinji being a punk ass, this is where he is his true most punk assiest, even though he's going through the most mentally. This is where you can say Shinji's an asshole and, and, you know, all this other stuff because he absolutely is. You know, I get it. He's going through like a mental fucking breakdown. He, he's having a bad time and they're telling him to do stuff and he's just not up to it, fam. He just wants depression kind of put you in that state. His instincts to survive aren't even there anymore. He doesn't give a fuck. He's reached that Asuka state of complete apathy. But at the same time, it's like Shinji, the fate of the whole world, like literally the whole world could be destroyed. So I could see the memes coming up about Shinji being a shithead here, but even here, I don't think he really deserves it that much. Rei is just hanging out with her sisters in the soup. Just hanging out with her sisters. Masato, uh, dragging Shinji's ass to the uh, cage where they keep his Ava, 
gets shot. One moment of like reflection, she gets shot because she was distracted. She takes Shinji and she gives him a speech pretty much saying, nut up Shinji. He doesn't really listen. He, she gives him her necklace. She, when she does that, she knows she's going to die. So she gives him a fucking fake promise. She's like, okay, a boy going through puberty. Uh, I'll give you this cake. If you get in the fucking robot, do your job. When you come back, I'll give you this cake. She knows that she's not going to be able to do that. She's just thinking maybe this is what will get through a teenage boy, for fuck's sake, maybe. And she kisses him. He knows that she's dying. and she But she keeps a brave face and a straight back. Until he gets into the to the elevator, and she just then after the door's closed, she's like, "Okay, I don't have to be strong anymore." Collapses. Every before you die, you see Ray. Ray is like the ring, uh, but essentially Ray is there to turn you into LCL. She usually turns into somebody that you care about to ease you into the transition. So when she shows up, Misato, Misato asks Kaji if she did a good job. Is she seeing Ray as Kaji? I like to think so. We don't see her see that. But I like to think so. I think we see it as rage because you only get a split second before she fucking explodes. He he goes and just lays in the cage. He doesn't get in the robot. He just sits next to it. Because he kind of figures, well, I can't get to it. It's fucking caked up in this hard goo. I can't get to my robot anyway. So fuck it. I might as well just die. I can't even put in the minimal effort to go to it and do what I got to do. Because fuck it. Who cares? Fucking Masato's dead. The place is blowing up. Everybody's dead. Who gives a fuck anyway? This, this is the end. Finally. Great. So the whole time this is happening... Asuka is out there kicking ass and taking names. She realizes that her mother's soul is inside this Ava and her mother was there protecting her the whole time and she gets renewed purpose, right? Like, my mom didn't uh, abandon me after all. She's always been here with me. It's a plot hole, I think. How did they get that woman's soul into the robot? Because we know how Yui got her soul into the robot. She got put in the robot and became goo. Uh, Asuka's mom hung herself. I'm assuming her soul has left the premises at that point. Unless they brought in that Ghostbuster, like, ghost trapper. And as soon as Asuka found her body and alerted people to the, her findings, then they went over there and were like, quick, before her ghost evaporates, grab it. <laughs> All right, we got it. Let's put it in this machine. Maybe they explain it in supplementary, supplementary materials, but fuck supplementary materials. But Asuka's fight against these Ava where her umbilical cord gets cut. I got five minutes to take these motherfuckers down. That's 20 seconds per. I got this. Let's do it, mom. And she, her arrogance is her undoing, as usual. And I think that's definitely a big part of it. Shinji has, like, zero arrogance, which is why he succeeds. But Asuka's arrogance going in there and just killing shit. And she did a great job. She was murdering. She wasn't, though. She wasn't break, she wasn't destroying their cores. She was just chopping their limbs off and thinking that was, uh, that was it. I don't think she was there for the memo that Ava are pretty much just angels. I don't think she was there for that memo. That they're clones of Adam. You get it? Adam created Eve, Eva, with his rib. You get it? Uh, if I remember right, I can't remember which story it was. It might have been one of those, like, Bible fan fictions. Like, you know, uh, I love me some Bible fan fiction. Paradise Lost? Excellent. My favorite fan fiction. Uh, I think I think it was one of those things that Lilith was Adam's first. I think it was in the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm not sure. God, it's been a while. But Lilith, from what I remember, is the mother of, of all the demons? I don't know where I heard that, but I heard it from somewhere. So the fact that Lilith created all of the humans, I think is interesting. And the fact that we put little devil horns on the little, on the Ava kids is very interesting also. Very interesting symbolism. It probably means nothing because Arnold just said, oh, I added the Christianity and the, the religious symbolism for fun, for goofs. It looks cool. You probably don't have to take it literally, but you can. It's, it's something cool that you can analyze and discuss. And it was what Anno said when he was like, yo, interpret it yourself. Do what you want. So, uh, Asuka gets fucking destroyed. She gets a fake lance of Longinus to the fucking eye. And these fake lances of Longinus are good enough that they pierce AT fields just fine. So they do the job. Um, but they needed these fake lances of Longinus made of whatever. I don't know. They had them in Antarctica long enough to study them and probably recreate them, which is probably why we, they have them. But what are they made of? Who fucking knows? They're not the real deal, though, which they need. 
for their plans. So they definitely, when Shinji's rage compels the compels him to use the force to get the the lance out of orbit and to come to him. It, actually, in this movie, it's all it's stuck in the moon proper because that's where it would have been anyway. Apparently, the moon is what's left over from the white egg that Adam arrived in. Again, supplementary materials and that symbolism you don't understand. That's cool symbolism for people who read that stuff, but it's not necessary to know it. Rage is eaten by these things, and we know what happens when you eat an angel. When you eat the S two engine, I believe it's kind of you kind of gain not sentience but you kind of get more functions them eating this ava has given them more functions because that's why unit one ate the angels that gave yui more control in the ava she ate the fruit of knowledge and became more aware so asuka has to fucking feel that shit asuka gets uh, the lance launches in the eye not just feels it her sync radio shields are incredibly high because she's one with her mom so literally everything that happens to the angel happens to her and she that spear of launches in the eye asuka's eye just is pouring blood dude uh and she's holding her eye later on when you see her like reaching out towards god i guess and cursing god shaking her fist towards god essentially her arm gets split in half just like the ava's arm gets split in half nasty asuka gets a number done on her shinji gets released from confinement and the apathy on his face is just they animated that really well like you could tell he just does not want to be here he does not want to be, be alive he doesn't want to do anything his face captures so many emotions that are like i get it dude but when he sees asuka you know what yeah they fridged asuka i guess just that that kind of makes him freak out the fact that he failed it's not just they killed my love interest ah you know it's not just that if i was here i could have helped her and i was being shinji and instead of just getting in my robot and helping her like misato told me to i let her die in this case i killed another person that i care about i didn't do it with my hands this time but it might as well have been me and then third impact starts and shinji uses the force to get the lance of longinus everything gets disgusting and things are mutating and this instrumentality happens and everybody turns into soup and yes finally <laughs> zero one grows like adam's wings because we see adam's wings in the episode where um second impact happens ray also ray's body is starting to decompose like her arm falls off when she's talking to gendo gendo's like it's time like i believe that the reason why gendo had to put her in soup periodically is to keep her body fresh time to grab your boob and put adam in your body time for me to become god and he just stands there with his arms out like all right ray ray where, ray where are you going ray kind of looks at him like fuck you i'm not helping you with your shitty plan i realize what i'm supposed to be doing now i talked to yui she didn't say nothing about this i'm gonna go join lilith now and she becomes one with lilith and lilith wakes up and it's horrifying like imagine if you will this happening to you like when the um when karen there screams also karen by the way is the person who gets the most like characterization in this entire out of the bridge crew in this movie we get a lot of characterization for gohan in the episodes leading up to this but we it's karen's turn and in the last moments we find out a lot about the bridge crew a lot about them when they all turn into goo part of this the whole thing is the revealing of the black egg which is lilith's egg and lilith it's of course it's in tokyo that's what the geofront was the geofront is weird and strange because it's the black egg or that's where lilith came from and lilith kind of pulls the black egg out of the earth so nerve headquarters starts floating through space and we see fusky kind of looking at orbit like oh look at that and he calmly explains what's going on because he's like yeah i knew this was gonna happen hmm, would you look at that the bridge crew's freaking out, and instead of, like, helping them and, like, easing their fears, he just kind of ignores them as they freak out. Lilith passes through, like, Karen's body, and she starts screaming. Like, wouldn't you, though? That kind of experience will fuck you up, like, forever. Shinji also has the correct response to this, and that is to scream bloody murder. 
I know that, you know, the, the English mix is not very great, but god damn, the voice actor, when they, I heard that they had a new dub, I was like, let me hear the new voice actor scream though. And they screamed, and I was like, you'll do. But I don't have anything really bad to say about the voice actor. They were directed the way they were told to, to do the lines. It's not their fault. It's just those screams, good job, yo. I think the woman on the bridge crew did a great job screaming too. You know, even though she wasn't the original actress, and she was just like one of these people they just brought on last minute. She did a great job. I loved her performance. And I'm glad she got the most lines out of everybody on the bridge crew because, boy, oh, boy, the rest of them suck at it. And then I love the few that the fate of mankind's in Shinji's hand. And then I just, in real life, was like, oh, fuck, we're all fucked. Giant Ray is like, hey, Shinji, and he just screams. Ray turns into Kaoru, or like, Kaoru is in Ray's stomach because it's Adam, right? They put Adam in her stomach. So Kaoru himself takes it upon himself to show up and go, hey, chill out, man. Remember what I said before that in the Bible, like angels can become a more pleasing, they can become more pleasing to us so that we don't freak out when we see their true forms. That's exactly what happens here. The look on his face when, when Kaoru shows up and comforts him and he like starts to go into like sleepy dreamland and, you know, instrumentality begins is the look on the face of a, like Shinji is at his most blissed. We go on this journey inside Shinji's brain. You also get some mountains in the background that look like boobs. Yes, the, the, the location Shinji is where, in this playground looks like a woman's body. Um, the fact that there were two suns, they weren't suns, they were like, um, stage lights, but they look like two suns and the, and you had two ex- identical hills in the background and two identical suns. I know it's supposed to be a woman's body, but I think it's not just that. It's also cycles. It's also things repeating themselves. The sunrise over the same hill and the sunrise over the same hill. It's, it's cycles. It's repeating patterns and repeating patterns is the ending of this show. Things were just repeat themselves. Evangelion is cursed to repeat itself over and over and over again. I beg of you to watch Devilman Crybaby. I don't like the art at all, especially compared to the, I think, superior art style of the OVAs. The last episode of Devilman Crybaby is End of Evangelion. He's inspired by Devilman, the Bible, his own depression. If you can, if you listen to the lyrics of uh, that song that's playing during instrumentality, which is eerily happy for having such downer lyrics. It's very much pumped up kicks and run for your life by the Beatles. The, this song. This song is like, hey, everything sucks, everything sucks, everything sucks. <laughs> but it's done in such a happy, cheery, it's such mania. I thought about things that are like Evangelion. I was like, hey, if you know of any more shows that like are inspired by Evangelion or Devilman, let me know what they are because I'm thirsty. Fucking Attack on Titan. They explain to you very well Shinji's issues. Shinji's playing with his friends. His friends are called away. All of Shinji's friends in real life had to go away because angels are fucking everything up. He gets fucking mad and he runs away from Nerve or destroys the sandcastle that is Nerve. But he builds it again because he keeps coming back. He cries about it. That's shit. That's it. That's Shinji's arc, everybody. Episodes 25 and 26 happen proper in his head. I think this is exactly what it was supposed to be. There's the scene where Shinji has this internal fight with Asuka, where it starts out where he's like, Asuka, Asuka, help me. I need you to help me. Please help me. And everything Shinji does and says in this scene is so reminiscent of a nice guy in the friend zone that it hurts. I can help you. You can help me. It's mutual. It's beneficial. We'll help each other. And she's like, you don't want me anybody would do for you you just want someone to love you you sad bastard you're pathetic and she gives us one of the most the be- one of the best like reaction images of all time her looking down her nose at him going pathetic you know like this is jojo's bizarre adventure or some shit and shinji freaks out and gets violent with her yeah typical fucking nice guy and that's Sadekiano going this is you audience this is this is how you behave we don't get your way with women you sad sacks and this is when like 
you start to go, hey, I don't relate to Shinji, but I get who Shinji's supposed to relate to. After seeing himself like that, he would never do that in real life. It's just something he's thinking about in his head. He's like, fucking bitch. She's fucking cold and she's an asshole and I'm trying my best and she's an asshole. Absolutely, Asuka's an asshole. She's not innocent in this situation, but she doesn't deserve to be fucking strangled to near death by this fucking loser. But Asuka's going through her own fucking shit. They don't really tackle Asuka's shit in this thing because Asuka kind of comes to terms with her situation and goes through her therapy and shit in the robot right before she gets murdered by the, uh, reproduction neighbors so we don't dive into asuka's psyche here we sort of dive into masato's psyche but it's we dive into it from shinji's point of view because shinji is watching it in 25 or 26 shinji doesn't seem like it's really shinji watching this it seems like you're in masato's consciousness and her consciousness is saying what if shinji saw you doing this what would he think we're here it's shinji is watching this and it is about what he thinks this is how you cope shinji saying ah oh, that's fucking gross but being a hypocrite by doing what he was doing with asuka earlier you know, is the whole point. Like, the whole thing is Shinji looking in on himself and realizing that he's a dope. He's getting all this feedback on himself. And he's also being asked constantly, like, what do you want? Do you want this? Do you really want this? Let's show you what happens. Ray is asking him, listen to me. I'm very serious. You have to be 100% sure what you want to do right now. You have a very limited amount of time. My body is literally decomposing in the real world. Eventually, he comes to terms with, you put me in a world with nothing. And I realized that I don't want that. I got a taste of, of of nothing, of true isolationism, and I hated it. And I realize now that it's the friends we make along the way. Also, he's holding Masato's cross shit. This is the, all the hopes of mankind, and I've been selfish. All Everything I've done is my own fucking selfishness. I am kind of going to be selfish a little bit. This is for me, totally, but it's not just for me. I, if I can't feel those things, then I can't feel happiness either. I think the most important line in this show is spoken by yui right before she disappears when she's talking to him and i love that one of the things she asked him she asked him literally what nobody else has asked him are you gonna be all right and i think this is the message that we were supposed to get not the message we got at 25 and 26 of if you're sad don't be where she pretty much says that as long as you're alive you have the chance to be happy anywhere can be paradise as long as you like have the will and I think that that's a way better message. Earlier in this movie, Shinji tried to kill himself. Uh, Shinji is at the at Kaoru Lake drenched with water. Like, he tried to drown himself and punked out. Um, and so the rest of the movie is his mom going, you have to live if you want to be happy. I get Hadekiano's message. And it sounds like a message to himself because he was also going through some really bad depression. He kind of just says, I'm not fixed. I'm still fucked up. I'm still sad. And I can just tell myself that shit over and over again but i'm still this way so i love that also that they don't even that they don't say oh his talk with his mom even though they're amazing words don't just turn a switch off in his brain that makes him stop being depressed where he where shinji makes the choice to try he mentioned cycles you know i'm gonna keep telling myself that i'm myself over and over and over again and everything is still surreal ray's head is over there and half on the fucking horizon there's a giant hand over there that's gonna become part of Fooly Cooly later. He sees Ray floating above the pink water. There's pink water, there's white sand. What the fuck? Am I still in this dream? And he turns around and he sees Asuka. You're dead. So he goes over. And this is something that people are like, oh my god, what could it mean? Shinji didn't learn anything. He's trying to pinch himself to see if this is real. He goes over and he like starts strangling Asuka. Just like, is this real? Because if this was real, I wouldn't be able to do this. So I guess it's not real. I wouldn't have the fucking balls and oscar like touches his face and says that she's disgusted by him uh but you know he's told that everything's gonna go back to normal you don't see that though is this inside shinji's head the whole time like what happens what happens at the end of it 
And then she's just like, yeah, everything will be fine. And she was like, as long as there's a moon and a sun and whatever, shit's going to be fine. So we're left with that imagery uh, at the end of the movie. And I'm going to say right now, uh, the rebuilds are just that. They're the rebuilds. Shinji rebuilds the world. And that's what the rebuilds are. You get to watch that shit. That's fucking interesting. That's fucking cool, isn't it? Like, the show continues, even though it's just the show again. Cycles, brother. Please watch Devilman. Thank you so much for sticking with me through End of Evangelion. Please join me for the rebuilds. I I love going on this journey with you guys. Thanks for listening.